Welcome back to another episode of Have a Chat. Today's episode is with Tim Houston. Thanks for coming on. Pleasure. Great to be here. No, I love the background too. That's so professional. It actually looks really good. So uh, Whatever it takes to look professional. It's <laughs> <laughs> throwing up well, a logo in the background. It, it all, all it takes, just the logo. That's it. But um, no, thanks for coming on. I met Tim probably... Probably a year ago now, roughly, I think, um, sometime last year, um, I was doing some men's walks, community walks, and he came along to a couple of them, and we just got to know each other, had a little chat, and um, really, um, really took to Tim in the way he's approached his life and, you know, gone through some hurdles, but come out the other side and what he's doing now to help himself, but also other men as well. So if you could just start off, Tim, giving us a little bit of insight about yourself and so, so the, the listeners can hear and get an understanding and then we can go from there. So welcome again. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, middle-aged, 40s, uh, three kids, uh, all of them rapidly approaching their teenage and, and, and years of puberty. So it's a, you know, it's a busy time in my household. Um, but all of them, uh, you know, they do well at school. Um, you know, they're very active from a sporting uh, perspective, um, you know, I've got a, a full-time job in in banking and finance, which keeps me honest. Uh, you know, eight till five, Monday to Friday. Yep. Apart from that, um, you know, I'm out with mates doing as much exercise. I still play soccer, which I think is my middle age, uh, my midlife crisis. Um, and then uh, I'm spending a fair bit of time in developing a community, the mongrels men community. Um, so that uh, that's kind of my pet project and my hustle on the side. Yeah, very nice. So sport's always been a, a part of your life, I gather, you know, soccer and all that, and you can see the benefits of being involved in that even at a middle age, you know, um, as a middle-aged <laughs> man, if that's what you want to call yourself. I think you're still quite young, but, you know, um, but, yeah, at your age, you still feel it's quite a significant, um, that has a, a significant impact and benefit in, um, you know, in just living a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, I was always a pretty um, outdoors, active kid when I was growing up. Um, and cu- some of my fondest memories about growing up are around, you know, riding your BMX bikes and the sort of mischief you got up to playing cricket in the street and all that sort of stuff. But um, during my late teenage years and in particular in my 20s, I kind of let sports and in particular team sports go. And a lot of what I did um, became about individual pursuit. You know, it was running and swimming or, you know, golf and it was – it wasn't really team team based, uh, and so it's really only been in my forties that I've picked up team based sports again, and it's become a, a real passion. And out of that, I've driven a lot of and developed a lot of really good relationships. But um, you know, I play in a in a in a men's a competitive men's soccer team. Um, we're all a reasonably fit bunch. We're all in our in our forties. Um, and we, uh, you know, it obviously gives each other a really good incentive to to stay fit. And the reason why. I started doing a lot of exercise when I was in my 30s. You know, I was just about to become a father. Um, I'm reasonably competitive and I just didn't want to be the last parent across the line in the sack race or the egg and spoon race. And so I know I, I knew that I needed to do something to, to keep fit and active. So it's always been a part of, of my life in some way, shape or form. Yeah, but then that was the element of getting back into it and maybe the team environment with it when the kids came about or... Yeah, I really, uh, I missed the team environment aspect and I probably stopped playing team-based sports when I was in my late teenage years and didn't pick them up again until I was basically 40, turned 40. Um, And now I really feel like I've missed out on the benefits of of team-based sports, whether it's, 
you know, camaraderie or the, the competitive aspect of the team, having people to rely upon, um, having a community of people around you, even though it's on the sporting field. Um, you know, and there's lots of lessons you can take out of sport to apply to your, to your everyday life. Um, and there's lots of lessons that I've taken out of that that I can actually apply to, to parenting as well. So, um, you know, it's, it's been a really good um, a really good base for me to kind of develop and hone skills also as a as a person who manages, you know, several sales teams. So from a professional point yeah. of view, um, across, you know, personal and professional life, there's certainly lots of segues and opportunities to grow and develop. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so it's so many benefits you're gaining from it personally but also externally. So um, that must be exciting in that sense. Becoming a parent, how did that all, um, how did that initial experience occur? And, you know, like, was it overwhelming? And, you know, how did you approach parenthood? Because it's really hard and you don't know what to expect, do you? Yeah, it's, um, it's probably the unknown, right? When you go into parenthood, you, you know, you get advice from everybody that you don't want advice from. Yeah. Um, everyone's got their own opinion on how it should be done. Um, you know, parenting is one of those things where there's lots of book, books written, but there's no sort of central rule book to how everybody should operate, yeah. um, which kind of makes it fun and mysterious. But uh, I always wanted to be a parent. I spent um, you know, a lot of my um, younger years growing up with lots of cousins, uh, younger cousins always around me. Um, and I'm the eldest across uh, both sides of my family, so I always was surrounded by little kids. So, you know, I love, love kids and, um, you know, what they stand for, which is, you know, vision and hope and opportunity and all of those kind of really innocent things that, um, you know, you kind of lose as you become an adult. But um, when I became a parent, um, which was, you know, I was – um, early 30s, 33, I was, I was definitely ready to become a parent. I knew I wanted more than, more than one kid. Um, definitely wanted boys because I wanted someone to, to play with, but I yeah. also wanted a girl to keep me um, nice and level and, and grounded. And I'd come from a, a two boys and a one girl family, um, and it was a really good mix. So um, I, was, I was ready. Um, I then had three kids in the space of three years, so three kids wow. under, under three, um, you know, a really busy job in in finance um i was working long hours um you know myself and my then wife had a really good balance of how we managed our workloads and, and the kids yep but i would basically work from you know seven till seven come home and then i'd take over the the night shift and so it was it was rewarding and fun but it was also really really stressful yeah. um so you know things over a period of time you know take take their toll on on you and relationships and it became obviously increasingly hard to keep um, you know keep that that freshness alive but um, you know then you have another kid and, and then you go through that process again and and the third and by the time we had the third we realised we're actually outnumbered. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, so the, yeah, the logistics the logistics of managing three kids, um, you know, two careers um, and three kids that are growing up quite quickly. Um, yeah. No, it's 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 hard work, but it was incredibly rewarding. And I wouldn't look. I wouldn't change. I wouldn't have changed a thing. Hmm. What looking back on those moments, you know, what what things could you probably take out of it, which could have probably made it a bit easier, or you know reduce the stress like you said you know because it is quite stressful working you know nine to five or seven to seven and then coming home and not being able to switch off at any stage because you sort of got to then be there for the, the kids and be present um, which is part of parenthood but you, how do you find that balance within yourself as well so then you can be the best dad best father best work colleague you know all those yeah. things 
So yeah, and, and I think thirties when you when you're basically starting out, you, a lot of people are starting out their journey with kids is mm. is really tough too. If you're trying to either one or both of you manage careers, because your twenties you're kind of finding your feet and you're gaining your experience and you're trying to figure out where you want to go. At least that's my experience. And then your thirties you've got some direction you've developed a bit of a pathway and you, then you focus on your on your career yeah. and so if there's anything that i would change it would probably be to take a slightly different approach to my career development mm-hmm. and more specifically that that sort of took me away from you know being as present as i could be as a father as often um as i could and uh it's not to say i was absent but i would have liked to have been around a lot more yeah do you think that's common within fathers in the community and all that and also the network and support fathers have around, you know, becoming a father and then being able to then bounce ideas or speak to people about these things? Yeah, I do. And if I, um, if I speak to the experience of a number of uh, men that are in the mongrels men community group, mm. a lot of them sort of get through their 30s, they're focused on having kids and developing their careers and they get into their 40s and they start to ask themselves lots of questions. You know, like, how, like, how did I get here? Where is my career going? Um, you know, where is my relationship? You know, why do we sometimes find it hard to connect? You're getting pulled and pushed in so many different directions by kids and their interests and trying to keep everybody kind of happy that you end up forgetting about yourself uh, mm. and you end up getting lost and you lose a lot of your relationships and a lot of the big, you know, the deep relationships along the way. And so, you know, a lot of guys that I spend a lot of time with uh, have come out and they need to reconnect and have somebody to talk to and whether it's work stresses, relationship, parenting, whatever it might yep. be, you know, personal issues um, and they've lost all of that connectivity um, because they've just sort of dug deep in their 30s and focused on career and tried to balance kids and tried to keep that sense of need of, you know, keeping the family household running and, and taking on the responsibility, whether it's, it's real or otherwise, um, yeah. for, bringing in, for bringing in money um, and keeping everybody happy and you, you end up losing a, a sense of self as well. Yeah, which is a big, yeah, which is a pretty sad thing as well because we, we work so hard to think that we're doing the best we can but then losing your own self and being disconnected really to yourself and then your friends and family as well. It's quite a lonely place. So the story behind the Mongols, how did that all start? Yeah, so so the Mongols started about 12 years ago when a really good mate of mine and I wanted to get away and just have a, or just have a round of golf and mm. we realised that because we had kids and careers and uh, we couldn't get together for about three months. So we ended up booking a round of golf for about three months in advance and we said, all right, well, if we're going to do this, why don't we get a couple of other guys along? So we ended up just booking a weekend out of Sydney, went up to the Hunter, played some golf, and there was about eight of us. We had a quick conversation. We went, oh, you know, that was a lot of fun. We should put the invitation out to a couple of other guys. A few other people heard about it. So next year there was 20 and then there was 30, and, you know, we consistently uh, take about 40 guys away for for a weekend. And that's been running for about 12 years. And out of that has been... Um, you know, guys that have travelled into state come back from overseas. They use it as an opportunity to reconnect. Um, and then, about six years ago, um, we took the concept of the mongrels and then developed a, a, a dad's soccer team. You know, we were standing on the sideline um, encouraging our kids, and we realised that we ourselves were missing out. Uh, and so we developed a soccer team that we then took into winter, summer and summer soccer and we took um, you know, groups of guys along to go and play in charity events and, 
and raise money. Um, we now do lots of, you know, everything from, from endurance walks to playing golf to, you know, getting up and doing sunrise walks, surfs, runs, um, fun runs, and just getting guys together. So the communities, you know, there's probably about four or 500 blokes on the, um, on the list, whether it's through, um, you know, email database or, or social media. Um, and, you know, my job <laughs> is kind of just to corral them to provide um, opportunities for them to get out and connect and communicate, whether it's walking, running, uh, golf. And I suppose it's just kind of evolved um, over the last few years for me to want to do something much more significant with this community to scale it up because the more time you spend with people, the more you realise that, you know, based on the feedback they give you, there's a real need here for connection, especially as everybody gets older and mm. the need for community or help and assistance and we always joke about uh, mongrels being the guys that you tap on the shoulder when you need help whether it's moving a fridge or you need some to speak to an accountant or you need a chippy to come in and fix a cabinet like you you have this network of people that are just there to to help you out when when you need it that you can that you can tap on the shoulder um, and so, you know, when I, when I think about how the community started, it kind of evolved out of the need for men to connect. And, you know, one of the most powerful stories um, was, you know, year after year, guys would come up to me and say, thanks for organising the soccer this year. You know, that 90 minutes was my 90 minutes. Mm. I wasn't a father, a co- uh, you know, a, a brother, a husband. I wasn't managing a business. Um, that's my 90 minutes. And it was time to just be me and you know that got me through some tough times so it's like therapy saved my life um you know and there's been guys that have had tough times and that's for me that was the calling to go all right well there's there's something in the need to have organized men's health and fitness and and sporting events to um to get them out and connect and get them active yeah wow that would have been rewarding feedback but also an eye-opener like you said to see that it's actually really needed and the impact it's having on people in a positive way. Um, and you mentioned, you know, community, you're relying and calling upon it. It sort of reminds me of what you mentioned in the beginning is that that team environment, you know, you sort of lost that for a little bit, but it's come back again, not just playing your sport, but just having a coffee or going for a walk and then being able to then call upon anyone you need at any stage of your life. So I think that's a really important element, especially in today's society and what's even happening at the moment. I think everyone are going through different struggles and hurdles and sometimes just having that conversation or that catching up for that coffee can make all the difference. Um, yeah. How did the name come about as well? Uh, we just needed a name to put on the, the trophy the first year. And <laughs> so it sort of came about accidentally, but it was because the initial group of eight guys were so mixed and so varied in their nature that we were basically just a pack of mongrels. And so that's, that's yep. you know, essentially where the name came from. But you know, the culture of mongrels has kind of evolved to, um, you know, refer to anything from being trustworthy and respectful, talks a lot about mateship, um, you know, grit, tenacity. Um, you know, there's a lot in there about resilience and overcoming challenges. Mm. Um, and so the ethos of the team, and we always talk about the concept of once a mongrel, always a mongrel, because mm. once you join, you know, everybody's always there to to support you um but it's also open to anybody and everybody because anybody can kind of be one and everyone's got the essence of of being a mongrel in them in one way shape or form definitely do you find sometimes people struggle to make that initial step to get involved or to you know get involved in the first event or so or a bit overwhelming um and then once they've experienced it it's a whole different story for them 
I think the short answer is yes, right? There's, there's, always, um, there's always some apprehension or discomfort about challenging yourself or getting out of your comfort zone, trying something new, and it doesn't matter how extroverted you are because they're likely to go the other way, and I've seen it happen where extroverts have, have turned up and they've just over-talked and overcompensated the entire time to shut down any... Um, any quiet time um, or any gaps in the conversation, but you know, and, and I'm the same. I, I, um, I remember the first time um, I went along to the the walk with um, with you and the guys. Like I was, I literally woke up that morning. I rolled over and I said, I don't know if, if I want to do this. And it was all about the apprehension of the unknown. Yeah. And I was so glad, so glad I did it. Um, and you know, it might take a couple of times for, for people to come along and, and go through the experience and it's literally rock up and just meet a few people and, and have a chat. Yeah. Once you overcome those fears and apprehensions, um, you know, there's an opportunity to develop some real connections and, and relationships. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Do you, would you suggest any ways that could help to overcome those um, initial you know, thoughts or feelings around taking that initial step? Um, yeah, I think as a starting point, um, you know, it's always hard to look within to actually try and understand why the fear or, or why the apprehension, mm. um, because it's more of a community-based group. Um, you know, we post a lot of stuff on social media, so you can always get a very, very clear picture of what it is. It's a few yeah. people meeting up and just going for a walk and having a talk or grabbing a coffee. Um, so there's, you know, there's there's ways that you can kind of ease your way into it i know i've spoken to um one of the guys in our soccer team terry who runs a a local organization called mr perfect um their job is to basically put on barbecues to get guys out and and connect and he talks a lot about this challenge of getting people up and off the couch and and to meet and he'll give them a sausage sandwich as as an encouragement to to get them um but the stories I've heard him tell are about um, the individuals that are overcoming the challenges of getting out and, and, and making a connection. Um, sometimes you need an incentive to do it. It could be health. It could be a sausage sandwich. For us, it's you know watching a sunrise, grabbing a coffee or, or, or having a chat. Um, I think the question to ask yourself is probably what's the worst thing that could potentially happen or, or, yeah. or go wrong? And it's you meet some people, you catch a sunrise, you might get your, fe- your feet wet. <laughs> yeah. um, or you might do some exercise. You know, it's all of this stuff is ultimately, in one way, shape, or form, hopefully good, good for you. Yeah, no, and I think that's a good point. What's the worst case scenario? And a lot of the time, it's not the worst case, but we're creating that within our head. And then when we get down there oh, yeah. or get involved, we're like, "Wow, it was well worth it." And like you said, you never know who you can connect with. You know, in that day or in that moment, but then moving forward as well, which could help you in yeah. other aspects of life. Yeah, I think it's easy, too easy to catastrophize things mm. in terms of, um, you know, the fear of the unknown or what might go wrong or, or what could happen. And, you know, I've, um, you know, I think like that. I still think like that from, yeah. from time to time. And it's, it's a matter of trying to teach yourself or reprogram the way you think or the questions that you ask um, to try and overcome some of those, those challenges, whether they be fears or just apprehensions around, around trying new things. Yeah, and how much, yeah, the questions you ask and how much attention you actually give those, you know, those thoughts as well. Sometimes we allow too much time on the negative thoughts, don't we? Oh, yeah. And that can be, <laughs> yeah, that can yeah. be in the work environment as well. It's not just, you know, in, in our own personal life. But um, sounds like you're a busy man working, being able to, and then running, you know, an organisation like the Mongrels, you know, 
how do you have your downtime and what do you do to recharge and sort of allow yourself to be present and connected within yourself? Yeah, so um, starting point for me is just just try and stay healthy, you know. So, you know, sleep well, eat well, uh, you know, try and drink as much water as you can. Um, you know, I mean, take, take the, the, the vices out of your life as much as possible. Um, you know, I don't, I don't drink much during the weeks, just I need to be focused on, on doing lots of, lots of things for, the, uh, for, for work. Um, but exercise is key for yep. me um as much as mongrels is about the community um it is very much about the fact that i i need it as well i need people to talk to i need people to reach out and connect to 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 bounce ideas off to, to talk about challenges and, and um and the things that are on my mind but i also need the exercise and that mm. and exercise is probably the go-to for me um and so you know i will just i'll get up from my desk and i will go for a run at lunchtime or early morning or pick up the surfboard, go for a surf. I just need to get outdoors, um, you know, get the blood pumping and do some exercise. And I get a lot of energy from that. It's when I do a lot of my best thinking. Um, you know, I, I start to break down some of the things that I think are the challenges for me. It gives me time to process. Um, but it also takes my mind off the stuff that I've probably overcomplicated um, and catastrophized as, as well. Yeah, so it simplifies things for you as well. So, yeah, exercise big part i know you've done a few little challenges for yourself personal challenges you set you know and all that what are some of them with it <laughs> i remember the handstand one that was pretty impressive actually so yeah, so so q1 this year so january through to march um i set myself a goal of like 100 kilometers worth of you know running and events which yeah. which i achieved um and ultimately it's you know fitness and health for me it's to raise awareness around men's mental health um, and raise some money um, my second quarter challenge uh, was a, a walking 30-meter handstand. So it was to start from scratch, teach, teach myself how to do a walking handstand and then walk 30 meters. So basically just a little bit longer than the average synthetic cricket pitch in, around the northern beaches. Um, I got to about 23 and a half meters. Uh, so I've still got a little, a little work to go and I'm not giving up on it yet. Um, but yeah, I like setting myself some challenges because it encourages me to, to get out, to try something. It gives me an opportunity to have a conversation. You know, why am I doing it? Well, it's about my health. It's about my mental health. It's about my physical health. Um, and it's engaging. You know, I, I'm, I'm really surprised at how many people have um, watched or, um, you know, I spoke to a guy that I haven't spoken to for six months just before I jumped on this call. And the first mm -hmm. question was, where are you up to with your handstands? So, um, you know, it, it's a nice way to, 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 to create a connection with people as well as, uh, you know, a personal challenge. But um, I like to challenge myself as well. I mentioned I was competitive earlier on. So, um, you know, I'm still stuck on, on getting to the 30 metres on the walking handstand. So I've still got some, some way to go. But, um, you know, I'm also going through the process of making sure that I encourage others, whether they be friends or family, to, to get out and, and do things as well. So... You know, we've got lots of events coming up for mongrels that, um, you know, we've got a Pilates session coming up on 13th of September, um, got a Father's Day walk coming up, you know, get up, get out of the house, let's do some exercise, let's connect and, and talk. And so it doesn't have to be a personal challenge like a handstand. It can just be setting up a program of events, make sure I turn up and get other people involved. And that for me is a challenge, but it's also very rewarding. Yeah, I, um, I think you're doing an amazing job. If people were listening and they wanted to sort of see what events you've got coming up or even get involved in maybe a, a morning surf or a coffee walk, where's the best place to follow you or get in contact as well? 
Yeah, so Mongrels Men on Instagram and, and Facebook. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't have a, a website yet. We're going through that process. It's a lot easier for us to just reach out and connect yeah. on social media. But, um, yeah, we've got a program of events coming up for September, October, November, and all the way through to, to March. And they're you know, informal, but they're events, whether it be um, you know, golf, Pilates, yoga, um, otherwise, we just do um, sunrise, you know, walk and talks, runs and surfs and so on. Normally, just put some stories or posts up on, uh, on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, very nice, very nice. So, going back to being a father, growing and your kids are all at that age now, um, how yeah. do you find the balance also now fitting in with them doing their, their sport? I gather they're all in sport and they're, how do you how do you find the balance of being a father and then also being in the corporate world and then also running, you know, an event? or, you know, bringing a community together? Yeah. The last part of that question, I, I try and get my kids involved as much as possible. So, you know, the inspiration behind doing the Father's Day walk uh, this coming Sunday is to get up with a whole group of dads, get their kids along and, and go mm. for a walk. Um, and quite often my kids, you know, will be sitting around. Every dinner is every dinner is at the table. Um, yeah. And so we can have a conversation uh, and I'll you know, I'll start the conversation with the kids. You know, this Sunday, what I'd like to do with you guys, and that's my, you know, it's your present to me. And they're like, oh, here we go. Dad's talking about mental health again. Yeah. Um, but I start to hear them talking to me about the sorts of things that I've been talking to them about. And that's when you know that even after a period of time, it's it started to sink in. Yeah. So sport for me, given that they're all kids which are engaged in sport in some way, shape or form, um, and you don't not only get the physical benefits but also the mental benefits is a way to connect with them around some of these things. Um, uh, in terms of balance, uh, you know, <laughs> some weeks are better than others. It's not always easy. It'd be great for me to say this is this is a, this is a piece of cake, but it's it's yeah. not. You know, trying to balance all that stuff sometimes is is really hard. And I'm not the sort of person that very easily reaches out for, for help because I kind of, you know, being, um, you know, being a, a divorced parent and a single parent for a number of years, I've tried to take it all on myself. So, you know, I have learned that I need to reach out to the people that I can rely on to provide me with, with help. And that, again, is just about the connection and the community and, and developing the tribe um, around you to help support and, and, and bring the kids up. Um, and so I call in a lot of help when, when I need to. Um, otherwise it's just trying to make myself present and I, I have to admit I know a lot of people have found COVID really challenging mm-hmm. um, as have I from time to time but I've also really enjoyed just how entrenched I can get into the kids lives you know, mm-hmm. the education mornings nights afternoons you know I can actually be significantly more present with a much more balanced approach to to work and and my personal life around around my kids um, so you know I, I think <laughs> As a starting point, you've got to want to be there. Um, yeah. Secondly, you know, you've got to take some time to, to understand the kids, what makes each of them tick. Yeah. Um, they're, all, they're all different and you've got to, you know, you've got to play, play to your strengths and theirs as well. Um, and then taking time out to do activities with each of them just to make sure that you treat them as individuals, not as, as a pack of three kids. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, they're, 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 for me, you know, just keeping it nice and, nice and simple around those principles. Yeah, that yeah, that's and that's an important part too. You know, treating them as individuals as well. I think sometimes we can get caught up in you know just going, oh well, let's just do this as a group, do this, and not actually being present or listening to what their needs are as well, which will only help you and them at the same time being able to communicate and be clear in what 
what direction or what they want to do as well and follow their yeah. passion because I think yeah. that sometimes get lost within kids as well, the, the true passion. And then in adulthood, we're, we're sort of a bit lost in ourselves or lost in who we are because we've never really been connected or followed what we really want to do. So yeah. our kids probably yeah. give us as much learnings as we give them, vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> Patience has probably been the key thing that my, key, my kids have taught me yeah. over the years. Patience. Patience, how to be more patient. <laughs> Yeah. And more strategic and tactical on how I approach things when I need to get them done. I yeah. probably have to be more strategic and tactical with my kids than you know the, the teams of, of people that I that I manage at work. Yeah, so <laughs> they'll probably push you more too, <laughs> wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, and it's probably as simple as you know some people get paid to do what they need to do, and, and others yeah. you know have to do it out of love, uh, and that's a much harder. Uh, leverage point with uh, with young kids who are still you know still evolving, still trying to work stuff out. Yeah, well, that's it. So reaching out initially for help and asking for help was that how was that experience for you? It was um, it was hard, and it's not something that I was ever very good at doing as a as a teenager, um, as a as a bloke in my twenties and my thirties, um, and it, it really didn't hit me until about six years ago when. I started to develop a much stronger community around mongrels uh, and we started to talk about the stuff underneath the surface. So, you know, it's easy to grab a mate who's having a tough time and go down to the pub and it's all beers and bullshit, but you've got to, you've got to sometimes ask those difficult questions. And I think from, from that point of view, I found that when I was going through tough times, people were reaching out to me and that, that gave me the license to, to reach out to others. Um, and so that's where um, some engagement came from from a lot of the guys that I know quite well. Um, so in part, worked well, but it's a shame that you've got to actually wait for somebody to get to that point before mm. you you start to ask questions. Um, now I've been through the process of uh, working with with counsellors, talking to to counsellors to to work through challenges, both personal and professional. Um, you know, I found it I found it hard. Um, as well as being competitive and an introvert, I can also be a bit of a control freak. So, you know, you yeah. <laughs> trying to trying to balance that out with asking for help when um, you know there's in part a part of you that doesn't really want to admit that you need it, but you know that you should do something about it um, was was very difficult. But you know, it was having the support of people around me uh, or having people ask me sometimes those difficult questions about how I was feeling or about how I was dealing with different things that gave me the the permission to have those conversations and it, it made me feel as though I had the permission to ask ask others as well. Yeah, well, that's a pretty powerful message and I gather you probably have those conversations now, like you mentioned, within the, the mongrels group as well and showing, you're probably showing the way, you know, if you're experienced it you went through some hard times and you sort of were probably a bit reluctant or a bit hesitant to do that but now seeing the benefits you probably gain from it and the rewards personally but also you know externally it's probably a, a strong thing you would like to pass on a message to your fellow community of men yeah and i, I think it's easy just to have a conversation about the footy or the surf or mm. you know or, or whatever it is um yeah but you know the real value is created when you create a connection with somebody. You you're able to help. I get I got a lot of um, I get a lot of sense of accomplishment from out of knowing that somebody's better off from having a conversation or encouraging somebody to to do something. I mean, my job is is not to counsel anybody. That's certainly not where my expertise is. But 
um, you know, I have been through the process of doing the mental health first aid courses to make sure that I have the capacity and the knowledge to ask the right questions, yeah. look for the key triggers, and then encourage people to get the right sort of, of help. And that's just encouraged me to have the toolkit to be able to ask more difficult questions of people as well. Um, and, you know, sometimes those, those questions are really difficult to ask and, you, um, you know, you've got to practice. You've got to practice that, um, whether it's on yourself or, or, or on your mates. Um, and, you know, you should be able to ask your mates and those around you the difficult questions. Um, but it's, you know, it's hard. It can, it can still be hard. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think it is definitely hard, but the, the more we practice, the more we do it on a day-to-day basis and just walk around and try to be present and connected to the people we, we come in contact with, the easier it will sort of come in the sense of being able to ask those initial questions and then just being yeah. sometimes there to for, for a listen or someone to just to vent a little bit more um, can be a pretty powerful moment you know we might not take it as a significant thing but for someone else who's built up with so much and had no one to really speak out to or just be heard will take that and be able then to um you know have a positive impact with in their life yeah and that's that's why um that's why sports is such a, a great opportunity for men to connect especially in a, in a team environment but it can also be one-on-one and there's lots of research around which talks to you know the difficulties that guys have in connecting when they're face-to-face and having to eyeball one another yes. and how they connect much better when they've got an activity to do even better when they've got an activity to do and they're not they're not um, they're not looking at each other so side by side so a run or a walk or, or something um, which is you know why we spend so much time doing these things at, at, at mongrels and there's meant to be a dual benefit, you know, health benefits physically and, and, and mentally, but also open up the opportunity to have the conversation. Yeah, no, but I've always been involved in sport and I've seen the benefits and I think that's helped me along my journey into also, you know, do a lot of work on myself to, to clear a lot of things and, you know, build up the build-ups over time. But a big point you just mentioned regarding sport, I think for men, we, when we're in that arena or in that space, we sort of drop our guard and just be ourselves, and we're not worried mm. about, you know, when being what we're getting judged on or what we're saying. We're literally, we're dist- in a way, we're distracted from our thoughts and things because we're doing something we're enjoying. So then we're more open to express what we're really feeling and experiencing. So I think the power of sport, just if it's socially or, you know, in a competition, is more beneficial than we actually think just from the physical side of things, but mentally yeah. the impact it has on us um, because we can be ourselves and we just be free. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And, you know, sports, exercise or physical activity in any way I think can can help. Um, certainly a lot healthier than, you know, sitting down and, and having a couple of beers and, and, you know, that works for some people. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Sports and exercise for me is, is what's worked. So that's what I encourage in, in others and it's movement and activity. And, you know, I know from the feedback that I get from the guys that, that turn up or that have been playing, um, you know, golf with us for years or turning up and, 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 and playing soccer, going along to a lot of the events. It's, it's about the sports and benefits that are, that, are, that, that are created from a physical, not just a, main, a mental and emotional um, point of view um, and the connections that are created through friendships and, and, um, and the team sport environment. Yeah, massively. What is some of the feedback just on that, like from some of the, the people who have participated in some of your events? What are some of the key messages you're hearing, you know, over and over as well? 
Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of guys that have been coming along to the um, annual golf event that have said, you know, I got, I'm got i so time poor. Um, this is really the one time that I can get all four of my mates together and go and have a round of golf and I've got a captive audience. We can hang out for four or five hours on the golf course, have a meal and a beer afterwards. Um, otherwise, we don't really get to see each other that mm. much. Um, you know, the, the guys that have come along to, to soccer, um, have you know, a few of them have reached out and said, you know, this is, you know, I've talked about my, my, nine, my 90 minutes, my time, um, as well as the, you know, this it's like therapy and you know, um, literally saved my life, um, you know, for guys that have had some, some really tough times. And, you know, I wouldn't have get up, got up off the couch and done anything um, unless somebody else organised and encouraged yeah. me to do it. Um, and it, you know, it speaks to a lot of things around, you know, the male or just the psyche more broadly, which is sometimes you just need somebody to organise something for you and all you need to do is then turn up, yeah. make it as easy as possible. Here's the activity, the event, the time, the date. Great. I'll see you there. Um, and then encouragement from mates to, to, to come along and be a part of something. Um, so, you know, in that sense, it, it's just trying to keep it nice and nice and simple. Yeah, simple is the key. But um, a, message, a message you just mentioned is they're allowing time for themselves. I think that's a big message, which is sort of lost a lot of the time. Allowing time, which we, we talked about earlier in the chat as well, that you probably, as a, you know, going through that stage of parenting at a young age, you didn't allow enough time for yourself, which burnt out and, you know, ended up not being ideal for yourself, your family and everyone else and your work colleague. So I think that even if it's just not 90 minutes, it's five, 10 minutes, you know, a day mm. or it's doing, you know, creating good, healthy routines, which is for yourself and which is going to benefit you is only going to, help you show up as a better person or in a better frame of mind, you know, um, than yeah. walking around like a nervous, stressful person, you know, in fight and flight the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a good, it's a good point. And r- routine is, is key, right? So you've got to find what works for you. Um, and you know, you need to build it into your life. Um, it's even better if you get the support of those around you. If it's something you need to spend a bit of time doing, yep. um, and that's not all, that's not always easy. You know, um, finding five hours a week to go and play around a golf is is hard. Finding ninety minutes, a little less consuming, but um, you know, it does it does take time away from from family and friends and, and other things. But um, it also gives back in terms of sports, fitness, you know, new community, new groups of friends. Um, or even taking, you know, 45 minutes out for a sunrise walk in, in the mornings. You know, those those opportunities to connect, um, for me, change the nature of my day yeah. completely. Yeah, the benefits aren't just in that moment. It's for the, throughout the whole day. So, yeah. um, mate, you're doing an amazing job in that space, in the mental men's mental health, but with the mongrels as well. I think you're really creating a strong community and it sounds like people are loving just being a part of it and being involved in all your activities and, I'm looking forward to seeing some of the activities you've got coming up. So I recommend anyone who's listening uh, to jump on their Instagram page or Facebook, which I'll put in the notes as well, um, and check it out and get involved. And like you said, it can be a bit daunting at first, but if you have a little inkling that you want to get down there, I recommend just taking that initial step because you'll, you won't look back. You'll really enjoy the journey. And I'll tell you what, meeting Tim is a really easy down to down to earth bloke who gets on with everyone. So I suggest everyone to, you know, if you are interested, to reach out. Right. Everybody's welcome. That's it. Thanks, Tim. Just to finish off, I'd like to ask my guests two questions. First one, what gives you purpose? Yeah. So the purpose for me, um, 
I think is very much around this men's mental health space. And to give you an example, I'll go and map myself out a you know a decent run. I'll give myself four things I want to think about. Ultimately, I spend ninety percent of my time thinking about mongrels and events and scaling and what are the challenges and how to create more connection, more community, more events, doing different things. So, I, my, my purpose is very much now around you know how I build out the mongrels men community to be able to to, to touch uh, and involve more people. Awesome. That's a great purpose. Last of all, favourite destination you've been to or you'd like to go to? <laughs> I, had, uh, I had a week's surfing in Sri Lanka about two years ago and um, I'd never been overseas surfing before. I'd never been to Sri Lanka. Um, it was just an amazing experience. It was largely untouched with um, tourists. Uh, water was beautiful. Food was beautiful. People in the culture were amazing. Um, and, you know, I had some great, great surfing experiences. So I'd, um, I consider going back. Sri Lanka, wow. That's a place that you probably wouldn't think straight away for a surf trip, but it sounds like you've enjoyed it. Great surf over there. Get over there if you can. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Oh, well, that might be on the bucket list to do, hey? <laughs> so <laughs> thanks again, Tim. I really appreciate you spending some time giving a bit of insight on your, what you've been up to and what you've created within the mongrels and the, I'm looking forward to the future and see what, what else is coming about because I think you're on a good thing and I think you're doing great things for the community, you know, along the northern beaches. Mm, thank you and we'll see you uh, back down at the walk again soon. For sure. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks again. Cheers. Thank you.